obsessed with all things ovine, there is seriously something about sheep and always something new to learn about keeping, breeding and farming them. Welcome to the Sheep Show podcast. I'm Jill Noble from Holston Valley Farm and Sheep Stud and your host. The Sheep Show podcast exists to help you no matter where you are in the world, what sheep you breed, what size your flock is. This podcast will help your sheep knowledge and your shepherding confidence grow. And it's a two-way street. I love to hear from you and find out how your sheep journey is going. Contact me via Instagram at Halston Valley Farm or via email jill at halstonvalleyfarm.com.au. Come along on this episode as we explore the amazing world of sheep and sheep farming together. So I want to introduce you to Colin Chapman. Now, Colin's very interesting because he's got this very um, diverse life. <laughs> um, Colin is, uh, on one hand, uh, a professor, an emeritus professor, if you, um, if you will, with the Faculty of Pharmacy and Pharmaceutical Science at Monash in Melbourne. Uh, and not only does Colin do that, but he also, him and his wife, Margaret, also run a, a sheep stud, a Dorset Downs sheep stud. Um, so they've got this amazing sort of science and, um, and sort of medical background and understanding of science and then the understanding of sheep and agriculture without being a vet. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Colin. Thanks so much for joining. You're welcome. Thank you, Jill. Nice to see you. Yeah. So in our chat today, we're going to particularly talk about uh, ovine brucellosis, which is a, a disease that particularly happens in uh, in rams, but sheep, because it is ovine. So tell us a little bit more about your stud and how you what you do and how you how you market run that stud, Colin. Uh, well, Jill, what, what happened many years ago when I was studying pharmacy in Melbourne, I met my future wife, Margaret, also studying pharmacy, and she was a farmer's daughter from Wedderburn in Victoria. So um, once once Margaret and I, you know, teamed up, we uh, spent a lot of time at the farm at Wedderburn. So and then that farm had a Corridale stud and a Dorset Down sheep stud, plus cropping and so on. Mm -hmm. And so we spent many weekends up there helping out with the sheep and with the crops and all that sort of thing. Um, then I had to go into national service. I was in the army in Sydney for about two years. Um, came out and uh, studied veterinary science at the University of Melbourne. And all this time, we tried to help out with the farm where we could. Mm. Um, so when I did veterinary science, of course, uh, having a sheep farm, um, you know, on, on hand was really handy because I had a lot of practical experience uh, with, with the sheep uh, at that time. Uh, and when I finally finished veterinary science, one of the first jobs I had to do up at the farm was a neighbour's uh, sheep uh, had brucellosis, had, had ovine brucellosis, and I had to undergo a, an eradication program on this neighbouring farm. So early, early on, I was um, introduced to ovine brucellosis and um, we had accreditation on the farm where, where my wife's family lives mm -hmm. and um, nearby there was someone who had, who had bovine, uh, ovine, ovine brucellosis rather uh, in their sheep. So we had to do an eradication program as much for our biosecurity mm -hmm. as for anything else, I think. So anyway, we got rid of the uh, ovine brucellosis off the property and the rest, as they say, is history. Mm. So, uh, and when we've, we've run the farm up there uh, for the last 40 years, so quite a long time now. Yeah. Wow. That's great, Colin. Thank you. Mm. And before yeah. that, before you met Margaret, any exposure at all to, to sheep? No, 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 no. I was, I was, um, <clears throat> I spent most of my younger days living in the mid Pacific. I lived on an island called Nauru, and oh, another yeah. island called, another island called Ocean Island, which, and both of those, both of those islands was where they mined uh, phosphate rock. So my only exposure to farming really was that we were, we were that my father was an engineer on the islands and we mined uh, phosphate rock for the farmers. You know, became oh, superphosphate. Wow. Yeah. But I had no, I had very little farming uh, contact. Uh, when I went to boarding school, I went to uh, stay at friends' places a few times in western Western Victoria. Yeah. So I, had, I did, I did, I had handled sheep and dealt with sheep a bit. But until I met Margaret, I hadn't had much to do with them on a on a, on a you know very personal basis. Okay. And uh, so the rest uh, took over. When and then so Margaret and I have been working with them ever since. Mm -hmm. um, 
I still do. Still working with yeah, Michelle. you do, and and still do an mm. amazing job too. Mm. It's mm. yeah, mm. it's uh, it's quite quite remarkable. So great to know that that you you know so early in your career you've actually seen it on property because so many people you know, talk about it but actually have never seen yes. the impact of of ovambrosis. So tell us what exactly is it. What is ovambrosis? Okay, ovambrosis. So very simply, it's caused by a bacteria. So in in the in the um, in the microbial world, there are viruses and bacteria and other things. Um, ovambrosis is caused by a bacteria called Brucella ovis. So that's a starting point. Uh, this is an organism, bacterial organism that lives only uh, in sheep. It doesn't live doesn't live on the ground. It doesn't live in the water. Um, it spends its entire life cycle, in this case, in sheep, uh, and and that makes it. Um, uh, a disease easy enough to control because you're not trying to treat the environment as well. You're only treating the sheep. Mm-hmm. So brucella and brucella ovis is one of several different types of brucella. There's also one in cattle called brucella abortus, one in, in pigs called brucella suis, another one called uh, brucella meliotensis. So there's a whole cluster of brucella bugs, but the only one um, of really concern in Australia is Brucella ovis causing uh, trouble in sheep. Mm. Um, there is a slight, uh, there's a concern about Brucella suis in some pigs in northern Australia, and mm. that can infect some dogs up there. But otherwise, uh, Brucella ovis is the main one. So one of the sort of myths that I heard about these different types of brucellosis is that if you have a sheep stud, and we'll talk about this because mm. if you're a sheep, you know, generally you, you might be, you should be probably, uh, so that's an argument in itself, accredited, brucellosis accredited. But if you have pigs, so you have sheep stud and you have pigs, then that will um, void your brucellosis accreditation. Is that the case? Is is the, the pig one and the sheep one or is, is there any interaction between those two? Right, there, there, there are they are different organisms. They are different bugs, so yeah. they're they're quite they're quite distinctly different Brucella organisms. Um, I would imagine that if you had pigs on the property, uh, and they were to to infect the sheep in some way, that yes, the answer is yes, they could complicate the testing. Yes, wow. yes. Okay. But the the Brucella. So, but that's I'll I need to take that on notice actually to find out more about what's happening with that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, okay. So, what when when a sheep has um, ovine brucellosis or has this bacteria? What yes. what does it do to sheep? What does it cause or result in in sheep? Okay. So when 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 brucella ovis is in a flock of sheep, um, you, you you won't you won't you won't notice it. it it's it's pretty much um, yeah. invisible. You, you can't see anything happening. The sheep are not unwell. Uh, the rams are not unwell, the ewes are not unwell. What you do find, though, is there's a, often a drop in fertility uh, and the ewes just don't have as many lambs as you would have expected. So that, that's a very broad, you know, the, the broad um, uh, worry is that there's a lower lambing percentage and mm. there are a number of possible causes for that, one of which is, is ovine brucellosis. So mm. that's the first thing. Therefore, you don't see it other than when there's all of a sudden or over time maybe with the records being checked, a reduction in, in lambing percentage. Yes. Uh, and then on closer inspection, you find that the rams may have lumps and bumps in their in their scrotum, in the testicles. Mm. But apart from the palpation of the testicles in the rams, there's nothing to see. Mm. There's nothing to wow. see at all. Mm. Wow. So it's, it's sort of invisible except for the records, and the records start to show up trouble with the lambing percentage. Percentage. So mm. so so infertility is, is, is the main sort of signal or sign yeah. But still, there is some level of fertility. So particularly we're talking here about infertility in, in rams. Yes. And But the rams can still get some ewes pregnant. That's right. That's right. Wow. So what, what, what Priscilla Ovis does in the rams is it causes a blockage in the, uh, in the tubules from the testes up to the, to the penis and beyond. Okay. Uh, and so what, what happens is when there's a blockage, you might have, and, and you've got two testicles in a ram, one side might be blocked, the other side could still be open. The ram would then have partial fertility. Okay. Right. So sometimes the ram is partially fertile, uh, maybe totally infertile. Uh, mm-hmm. You can't tell by the palpation. All you know is there's some trouble going on there. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so we, it, we know we often talk about it being an issue in rams, but ewes can get it too, right? 
Well, if a ram was to mate with a ewe, it's possible yeah. that the bug, the, the bacteria will pass to the ewe yeah. and the ewe would have it in the in the vagina and in the uterus maybe. Um, but normally in the ewe, there's no no adverse effect, okay. right, because there's no blockage of the uh, of the ah, tubules, of right? All that's happening is the, the bug is floating around in the vagina or in the uterus yeah. and, and there's no, uh, and, and that may cause local inflammation, maybe some, you know, transient uh, irritation, but that'll yeah. pass, that'll pass. Yeah. The, 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 the ewe is not a carrier. The, the ewe will be infected by a ram, but that'll 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 resolve within a, within you know a day or two prob- probably. Yeah. The only risk of that situation is if another ram was to mate that you, it might get infected from the you. Right. But only sort of a day or less after the first ram has has mated with that you. Right. Otherwise, the you is totally unaffected. Oh, wow. And it's only within that twenty four hour period, really. Yeah. Yeah. If, oh, you, wow. if you had if you had several rams in a flock of of ewes. And and the rams are going round and round the ewes, yeah. and you had two rams succeed each other mating one ewe. It is feasible in theory that that ewe could infect the second ram. Okay, but that would be a, a very <clears throat> very unusual, uh, almost in, insignificant uh, transmission. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. it's ram to ram transmission. That ram to ram. So 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 what you're talking about there with that ram to ram transmission is homosexual activity in rams. Exactly, exactly. And you go and you go and look at a ram flock. And you particularly take a new ram down to the ram flock, and that that poor new ram in the ram flock uh, gets mated by all the rams in the in the paddock, just mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Right. So one of the ways that that ovine brucellosis comes into a onto a property is someone buys a ram that's infected. Yeah. That ram is put into the ram flock. You know, uh, there may be several ram flocks, but one of the ram flocks, and that ram <clears throat> is then is then homosexually dealt with by all the other rams in the in the in the flock. Right. And so uh, the infected ram, the new one that's come on the property, lack of quarantine, you know, no no yeah. testing prior to coming onto the onto the property, can infect a whole mob or flock of rams on the property within within weeks days, you know, yeah. uh, quite quite quickly. Wow. So it can spread very very quickly from a a ram coming on without quarantine and testing into the entire farm's ram yeah. stud or ram flock. Yeah. Yeah. And then the when it when that bacteria gets into that those other rams, it's it, that's it just lives then forever. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So once once the rams other once once the rams are infected from the one that's come onto the property, yeah, they become infected and it not like a ewe, they don't they don't throw it off like yeah. a ewe does. It's it gets yeah. into the reproductive tract, oh, wow. and once in the reproductive tract, it stays there, and then it leads to like I said before, blockage of tubules mm-hmm. and those those types of things, and leads to infertility, basically. Mm. Yeah. But does age of, of ram make <clears> a difference? <throat> Young rams, older rams, are they any, any more susceptible than each other? Not a, not, not a great deal, no. Mm. no. I think it would be, and, and most of the accreditation procedures will, will involve testing young rams as much as they test old rams. Yeah. Right, so there's no age differential. The young rams are, are vulnerable and the older rams as well are, yeah. are vulnerable. Yeah. And it's particularly any rams that that are sexually active. Yes. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So, so ram so, lambs are not a risk, <coughs> for example. That's right. So ram lambs would be less likely because of their behaviour. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 Mm. Okay. Great. Thank you. That's really helpful. Now you did mention the fact that there was the um, the bovine version. So. Um, what what are the main differences between the bo- apart from obviously that it's bovine, but you know the way you've just described it there is that the same way bovine brucellosis works, or is it different? No, no, bovine brucellosis is quite a different disease. Mm-hmm. Bovine brucellosis in 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 cattle uh, leads to abortion in, in the in the cows. So the cows have have calves that are born. Uh, early, prematurely, mm-hmm. um, the calves are infected. The cows infected. So when the calf is dropped on the ground and you know born early, uh, all the membranes, all the fluids from that that calf and that that early birth are infectious to other cows and and to humans and to humans as well. Wow. So the disease in in cattle is not an infertility issue in in the bulls. It's a an abortion, early you know miscarriage, if you like. In the cows, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they're sick. The cows, the cows are unwell. High body temperature, uh, unwell. They they become sick. They abort 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 the calf onto the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, humans in that in that mix 
uh, get out there and picking up the calf and trying to treat the cow, and they become infected from the, uh, the, the fluids and the membranes and all that sort of thing, and they get what's called undulant fever. Undulant fever means that humans develop a fever that comes and goes. It, it fluctuates. Oh, wow. And undulant fever may, makes, them, it makes them quite ill, quite, quite wow. sick. So that was eradicated. Um, the Australian um, government many years ago said, we'll eradicate that. So after millions of dollars and many, many, many years of eradication, it, got, it, it, was, it was eradicated from Australia because it was a human disease of, of concern. It was a disease in cattle of concern, and it just couldn't, uh, couldn't stay around. And, and, and so it was eradicated. And a much more complicated process than you'd ever imagine happens, would happen in sheep if, if there was a, um, a call made to eradicate ovine brucellosis. Mm. Ovine brucellosis would be easy. Because the bacteria lives entirely in the sheep. Mm. In bovine brucellosis, it's been eradicated. It lived in the membranes and the fluids on the ground when the calf was born. Right. And people got infected from that, you see. So it was a much more complex, complex thing to eradicate. Wow. But it cost millions, millions of dollars mm. and years and years of hard work to do it for a disease that had human human disease implications. Yeah. Bovine brucellosis, on the other hand, easier to do but there are not the human health issues mm. uh you can control brucellosis in in cattle uh with what you can start again you can control brucellosis in sheep by biosecurity mm-hmm. it was much 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 harder to do in cattle yeah by biosecurity yeah. Mm. wow which is which is why perhaps one has been eradicated or there was so much money spent on one and and the other that's right. That's right. You know, That's we right. Can, we can do it, but just good, uh, good husbandry and good management. Yeah, yeah, and also the fact that in 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 Australia you could say, well, you have a region free of brucellosis. You could say, let's make all of Victoria free mm. or or part of Victoria free. Um, the difficulty of that would be that you need to then have huge biosecurity boundaries around mm-hmm. what you've done. Otherwise, you could go to all that trouble, and a, a ram could come in from another state. Let's see if, mm. if Victoria was was then brucellosis free and wreck the whole thing. Yeah. So why not do? But why not do biosecurity right from the start? You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and make and make and make that the major process, the major major yeah. approach. Where does the bacteria start? So where you know where where is sort of patient zero, if you like? Well, because it came in with sheep many years ago. Who knows when okay. it first arrived? Once you've got a, a focus or a nidus, you've got a, you know an area where there's rams infected. Yeah. They just they they become the reservoir of the whole okay. thing, and they spread. So that not only is there one one fo- focus, there are several foci yeah. around around the whole country. And so what happens is, unless there's a concerted effort to shut it all down, there will always be cases right. around somewhere. There's yeah. just enough there's enough rams infected. Rams live for you know 10, 12, 15 years, whatever it might be. Yeah. And they can be a they can be a focus of infection for all those years, all, all that time. Wow. Mm. So if if in theory, if all ram breeders got the all rams brucellosis tested, yes. then all of the carriers would be found and technically then we wouldn't have this. That's right, that's right. But you've got to have I don't know how many how many sheep farmers there are, but there are there are many thousands and thousands of yeah. them, and everyone's got to be on the same page at the same time to yeah. do it. And yeah. there's got to be some sort of um, incentive, I would have thought, because if there are positive cases, they've got to be killed, you know, yeah. like test and slaughter. So there are financial, huge financial implications by yeah. doing that, because someone might lose their, their entire ram flock, yeah, um, worth 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 thousands of dollars, millions of dollars even, yeah. in in pursuit of a an eradication process. And without massive compensation, it wouldn't work. Wow. Mm. And if that was to happen, you your ewes would be okay though, would they? The ewes, the ewes all, all through this uh, uh, brief, very brief carriers yeah. of the infection. And and if you if you just follow decent um biosecurity and so forth, yeah. the ewes aren't aren't an issue, no. No. Oh, okay. So they're they're effectively out of the out of the equation. Eradication mm-hmm. can be done without the use being touched. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Yeah. Gee. Uh, what about things like live exports? You know, when when if you if you are um I know importing is a bit of an issue right now, but if you were to export sheep, is is this something that other countries are worried about as well? 
Well, they would want they would want um, depend on the country, depend yeah. on the country and and what the animals are being used for. Okay. If you if you export rams to Argentina, for example, then I would imagine the Argentinian authorities would say we must have a an accredited free ram or rams uh, sent from Australia. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it would be a basic common sense thing to do. Any country importing yes. rams would say no ovine brucellosis, thank you. Yeah. Cool. And in any in any event, if you export rams with ovine with brucellosis. Infertility is an issue, so it's in the interest of the seller, yeah, to make very sure that they don't send uh, send trouble across in the, in the form of infertility, yeah, let alone infection of other rams. Yeah, mm. yeah, great stuff. And in um, you know, a lot of people you're talking there about you know regions in in areas like say Victoria being brucellosis free, but it, it only takes one ram. Yeah. Yep, yep. <clears throat> one, 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 one mistake, one, one misstep. Yeah. Um, the, the, the eradication um, I had to undertake for a neighbouring farm at Wedderburn all those years ago was one ram came onto the property. Mm-hmm. And that was very simple. What, what happened there was the wife of the farmer wanted to spin some black, black wool, would like some black, black wool to spin for her mm-hmm. own hobby. So she went and purchased a black ram, a black wool ram, and mm-hmm. uh, brought it on. They didn't follow the biosecurity quarantine things. And this is before biosecurity was you know uh, was the thing to do mm. and um, made a mistake and infected the entire ram flock on that property oh. and uh, just one mistake like that and uh, all those rams on that property had to be tested and many many slaughtered to oh. eradicate the disease jeez mm. jeez weathers weathers don't carry it right so because again, it's blocking the tubes <clears throat> It's in the it's in the scrotum. It's in it's in yeah. the it's in, it's in the testes. So the weather's lost his testes, and he's um, yeah. he's not an issue. Teasers might be a different story. Teasers when you mm-hmm. leave the testes intact yeah. and purely do a vasectomy or or something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, no teasers can get can be infectious. Yeah. Yeah. Can be infectious, except for the fact that they've diverted the uh, they've closed off the uh, all the tubes by vasectomy. Yeah. yeah. Right. So the the teasers are. Theoretically, an infectious source, but because their their sperm tract has been cut <laughs> cut yeah. off, yeah, the source of the infection has been blocked by the vasectomy. Right, right. Yeah. <clears throat> Some rams that are teasers are not uh, made teasers by vasectomy; they're made teasers by other means. Yes, and they are a, they are a source of infection. Yes, yeah. So teasers can be a, can be a source as much as rams are. Yes. And what about um? Weathers that have been, I suppose, poorly weathered, so they're either sort of stags or crypt orchids, and maybe there's one testy still left up by mistake. Could that look? I, I believe so, but I don't. Unless they, unless they're in the ram mob, unless they're in the yeah. ram flock, um, yeah. they're normally in a different, a different mob. Yeah. Right. The, the, yeah. the, the weathers, the weathers, then the the sheep for uh, either wool production or for meat production are usually dealt with separately. They're in a different paddock, different different yeah. different management. But they wouldn't have a ram normally in the in that mob. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and also being crypt orchid, I'm not sure whether that would house the infection. It, it probably would. So they are in theory a, mm. a source of infection. But I think because of just different husbandry techniques, the weathers would probably be an unlikely source of trouble. Yeah. Maybe because the testes are um, so far up, sometimes that changes the temperature. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. know, Jill. I don't yeah. know. I mean, a, a number of crypt orchids, number of poor uh, castrations that are done yeah. are, are probably on a very low, uh, a low number. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wouldn't rate that as a big issue. But if you're then on a property and you're trying to eradicate the whole thing off a property, what I would do is go and just check how many weathers are on the property. Um, yeah. And just just see if any of them are, are uh, rammy in their behaviour and things like mm-hmm. that, just in case. Mm-hmm. But it would be a very small proportion of, of a of an involvement in trying to eradicate it, yeah, or yeah. control it. Yeah. Um, I've had, I'm sure you maybe you haven't had, but I've had a um, like an intersex lamb. Yeah, so born with yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know two <clears throat> genitalia. I guess yeah, again, yeah. if that, I mean, I don't know. I, I just euthanized it, but. Um, I don't know. I guess if it's got testes, actually, this one didn't didn't have testes because then, that, yeah. But it, everything else was very rammy. Uh, uh, look, well, I know when we have intersex animals, we yeah. get them off the property pretty quick because they, they've got a horrible smell to them and they're, yes. they're hard to handle. So we, we uh, most farmers wouldn't keep them. They wouldn't yeah. they wouldn't be around. You know, they'd be knocked on the head or they'd be sent to market. Yeah. Well, 
not even going to go to market. You, you've got to find some way of disposing of them pretty much. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's, that smell is quite interesting, isn't it? That, and some people say mm-hmm. that um, I, th- I, I did, we didn't eat ours, but it goes through to the meat too, so it's not obviously not a good idea. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. Now, when you, when you see them, you, you think, oh, poor, poor little animal, and, and yeah. you can't do much with it. You really have to, uh, in my view, euthanize them pretty much on yeah. the spot. Yeah. So um, how then do, so you mentioned that you can't really tell by looking at the animal. There's no signs, no signals. There's no ill thrift, nothing like that, no symptoms. So how can you test to see if your rams in this particular case have, have it, carry, carry ovine brucellosis? So what's, what's done, um, so what, 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 what triggers investigation would be a low lambing percentage, mm. usually. Right. Um, <clears throat> so someone will say, "Gee, you know, I had a bad lambing season," and, you know, and they look at the records, and then it's not it's not lamb loss after birth; it's just less lambs. Yeah. When when that's when that when when you trigger something like that, then the the veteran or so whoever comes on the property would say, "Let's look at the records. Yeah. <clears throat> let's get all the rams in. Let's check all the rams out." Uh, when you when you palpate, when you get the rams in the yard, and you and you you put the um, uh, you know, you go around behind the rams and you check the testes mm. by palpation, by feeling, you can feel the lumps and bumps. Mm. So if brucellosis was present, the ram is in good physical shape, but on, on palpating the testes, you'd mm. find lumps and bumps on, on the testes or on the tubes around the testes. Mm-hmm. And they would, they would raise alarm bells straight away because if you palpate, Everything is normally smooth. There's no little pea-sized mm. lumps in there, or even bigger, bigger than a pea. And when you feel something in one of the tubules or both the tubules that are there, you might mm. say, "Whoa, we've got an issue here." Mm. So what you do is then you, and that's that's not that's not proof positive that there's brucellosis. Mm. That simply says, "Look further." Yeah. So looking further involves a blood test. So you take a blood test, usually from the jugular vein, mm. and that test is sent down to a lab. And that gives you a gives you a readout as to whether the animals ever had exposure to Brucella ovis, mm-hmm. right? And and what what that means is this: that if if the ram had ever been infected with Brucella ovis, the the ram's immune system reacts to it. In other words, the body's sure. body's defense system in the ram reacts to it mm-hmm. and makes antibodies, mm-hmm. right? And what we look for in a in a test at the lab is evidence of exposure to the infection, mm-hmm. right? The blood test is not looking for the bacteria as such. It's mm-hmm. looking for antibodies as evidence that the bacteria has been there at some stage. Mm-hmm. So that's sent off to the lab. It's called a CFT, a complement fixation test. CFT is what the test is called. Yeah. So you'd, what you'd do is you'd go onto the property, you'd say palpate all the, all, the, all the rams, check for lumps and bumps, send off a sample or all the rams you've bled to, to the mm-hmm. lab, uh, the blood samples to the lab, and the lab would report back. And if you had a positive uh, uh, CFT, complement fixation test, then you know you've got a problem. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's the evidence the evidence you want. You need to find that CFT test that's mm-hmm. positive, and once you've got that, you march in and start to try and work out a way to fix it. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, there's no sign. I mean, a sign mm-hmm. is only lambing percentage that's dropped. Yeah. The rams otherwise are healthy. The palpation gives you a clue. The blood test gives you the proof. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, and so, for example, if you're pregnancy <clears throat> scanning, that might be a good time if you get a low. I mean, I guess pregnancy scanning can isn't 100% accurate either, but you know, a bad pregnancy scanning result might be a, a, another clue. Yeah, yeah. So, if, if providing the timing on the pregs, the, the scanning yeah. is is right. Because that's important as well. Yeah. Um, if you do a scanning and you get at the end of the scanning, you think, "Wow, the result of that is is dreadful," you know. Yeah. So you then start to say, "Why could it happen?" Mm-hmm. Now it could happen for a number of reasons. One is that you've got one ram in with a large mob of uh, views, and that ram is infertile. Mm-hmm. That ram could be infertile because it was unwell. That ram mm-hmm. could be infertile because it's had trauma to the testes. That ram could be un- infertile because of something that's happened uh, yeah. in the ram's life. We, we, you don't know that you don't. The ram may have been lame when it was in with the ewes yeah. and didn't mate them properly. Or when they're lame, he was feeling sick. That can lead yeah. to low sperm numbers. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> so then you say, well, at least there's a bit of a clue. There's something going on here that needs investigation. Yeah. And that's when I do a, do a blood test, do a palpation uh, check, yeah. and do a blood test just to rule in or rule out ovine brucellosis. Yeah. 
because it's one cause of infertility. It's not the only cause. Yeah. Right? So I'd go in and say, let's look at the records. Let's do palpation of rams. Some all, all of them, some are all of the rams. Yeah. And then let's do a blood test if there's indication there are lumps and bumps. And then you rule in or rule out ovine brucellosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Lovely. And um, all, so, so all the rams on your property n- need to be for, well, sorry, actually, we'll talk about that in a minute. Talk about that. I'm getting off track. So I'm just thinking ahead in my own head. Um, okay, so if if we if we get a positive result that the bacteria is present, yeah. then what would the advice be then for that that farm? Okay, so once there's once there's evidence, um, clear cut evidence that ovine brucellosis is present, once that happens, then you've got to sit down with the farmer and work out a strategy to work out the extent of the problem. I mean, for example, if a, if the farmer has several ram flocks or several mm-hmm. ram mobs, you might say, well, this is found in one ram mob, but because they keep the other ram mob so on a separate property, mm-hmm. separate part of the farm, wherever it might be, it might be that the, the, pro- the problem's limited to one, one mob but not the other one. So you, mm-hmm. you go and look at the whole uh, layout of the whole, uh, whole farm and the whole farming enterprise to work out your next step. And the next mm-hmm. step would be along the lines of working then how to eradicate from the ram flock, whether it's one or several of them, and you then work out uh, is it is it going to be um, a test and slaughter program mm. or do we just go and say get rid of all the rams off the property in one hit? Mm. Um, the way it, it usually happens is you go and test all of so, so this is leading to accreditation the way if you like. But what you do is you test all the rams. Yeah. Because no ram at the first instance no ram is considered to be free of it. All rams are all rams are potentially infected. Yeah. So you can't leave rams off the property. So you need mm-hmm. to have good ID, good good ear tagging, good yeah. um, you know uh, uh, ways of identifying in each individual uh, animal. You then <clears throat> bleed the animal uh, for the uh, CFT, the the the, the test, mm-hmm. and uh, then once you've once you've done all of that, you go and test all the rams, get all the tests back, look at the extent of the problem. Now, then, then comes an obvious question. Can't we treat the rams? Why not give them all a dose of antibiotic? Mm. Uh, the answer to that is it doesn't work fully effectively. Okay. Uh, think of this. That if, if the infection's in a, in a testicle, the blood supply to the testicle is reasonably okay, but, you know, it's a fair way away from other parts of the body. Mm-hmm. And to some degree, the antibiotic may not get there in adequate concentrations or you may have to give repeated um, doses of the of the of the antibiotic, and so the antibiotic eradication of the disease is considered impossible. So the only option really is to test the animals, and if they're positive, they go off to market. Right. They, they they get disposed of, and the way I eradicated it from the property all those years ago was test and slaughter repeatedly. We did we did repeat tests over a period mm-hmm. of about about twelve months. And, and, and bit by bit, you can work out and, and isolate the ones that are not infected mm. and focus on, a, on an infected mob until you get rid of the whole, the whole, whole lot of the trouble. Wow. Now you can imagine that's, that's hugely costly. Yeah, big time, cost, especially if it's going good. on. Yeah. And in that time, you can't really bring any new rams, I guess. It's kind of... It's, well, you, you, can, you can if you have different properties. Otherwise, yeah. it's quite... It's quite, it's quite hard. hard. Yeah, yeah, it's quite yeah. hard. So yeah. the the test that you do for the positive results is that different to the the other test, the CF. No, C- no, no, no. Same test. Same test. Same test. test, same okay. test. <clears throat> All the test is doing, like I said before, is looking for evidence that the animal's been exposed to Brucella ovis. Yeah. Right. It's all it's saying is did that did that ram's immune system see it? Yeah. And it, and if the answer is yes, the CFT is positive. positive. Then you assume that not only did it see the the bug when it came in, it still got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just given the nature of it, it yes, it's going yes. to hang around. That's yeah, right. It's going to hang yeah. around. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, what what do we do then to, from a biosecurity point of view, to manage this or reduce it ever coming onto your property? So the, the best way in the modern era is biosecurity. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you've got a secure farm with good fences and a good policy 
Yeah. Uh, you know what? You don't want Ovignoni's on the property. You don't want lice on the property. You mm. don't want foot rot on the property. And you don't want ovine brucellosis on the property. Mm. So what you do is you have a have a farm. <clears throat> if you're starting from scratch, you buy uh, sheep that are disease-free mm-hmm. and you quarantine for a while. So you may even buy sheep in and then you, you may, may even, if you're really cautious, uh, do some confirmation testing. You know, you may just make doubly sure there are no lice, make doubly sure there's no foot rot. And you, you could, if you if you chose to, make doubly sure there's no ovine brucellosis. Mm. Keeping in mind it's only in the rams, not in the ewes. You wouldn't test the ewes. Yeah. So if you start off with a flock that's free <clears throat> from brucellosis by by testing, not, not by any other means, but by, by blood testing, blood testing. Uh, and probably back up or helped out by palpation, mm-hmm. um, once you've got that, then the whole issue is biosecurity. Now, most of most farmers will will buy rams in at some stage. Either they do that on a regular basis, or they do it um, uh, with with um, you know topping up their own their own breeding programs. But most farmers will buy rams at some stage, mm-hmm. one way or another. And and the only and the most efficient way to, to stop trouble is to make sure that they come from a uh, the ram that comes in is free of brucellosis. Mm-hmm. The ideal way would be to have them from a, come from an accredited brucellosis free flock would be the best way yeah provided that <clears throat> the accreditation is current mm-hmm. in other words accreditation that was started 10 20 years ago is still being done so you need to check with authorities that, that when you have an accreditation number yeah that it's a current number because I, I think there are some people may well put down uh, accredited free and they give it a number but the number is probably um, out of date. So what I would what I would always do is like to, I'd like to see the, the certificate issued by the Department of Agriculture, yeah, for that farm. Can I see your brucellosis accreditation okay. certificate, please, so I can see that you've got current accreditation? Yeah, and if they're if they're accredited free, then buying a ram from there should be trouble free from the brucellosis perspective. Yeah, right. If you're buying from a farm that is not accredited free of brucellosis, then there has to be some testing done. Yeah. Of, of that ram. Now, the, the best way to do that would be to have two tests. One test would be done to see if there's, make sure it's negative, <clears throat> a CFT negative test when the blood test was taken. Mm-hmm. And I and I and what I would do is I would want another blood test done about a month or two later, say two months later, to confirm that the ram that I'm buying hasn't picked up something in the days leading up to the first test, because hmm. right, because the first test will only give an indication of exposure, and recent exposure may not show up on that test. Okay. <clears throat> so you do a repeat test two months later to make really, really, really sure. Yeah. Right. You could you could say, look, doesn't matter. The first test is enough. It's proof positive that everything's fine. Yeah. But to be really, really sure, I'd have a second test done to make make certain of that. Okay. Because, as I said, the first test may not pick up a recent infection. Mm-hmm. A second test will pick it up for sure. Yeah, okay. Right? Yeah. However, most people will be happy, and I'd be happy enough with just one test done, but I'd be even happier if they went and bought a ram from an accredited flock. Yes. Because then you know they've gone through the process. They're they're checking all the time. A one-off test from a stud which has no accreditation is is inherently risky. Mm. Yeah. Gee. And this, um, so what you're talking about here, this accredited flock concept, is a program that's in action across Australia, right? It's a, it's a voluntary, it's a voluntary yeah. accreditation process. Yeah. So you, you can decide <clears throat> as, a, as a sheep breeder to uh, become accredited. Uh, you don't have to. It's not, not mm-hmm. compulsory. Uh, not compulsory in Victoria. I think in other yeah. states there's a, a, a move to try and make it compulsory in New South Wales, for example. But in Victoria it's mm-hmm. voluntary. And so it's it's just good, good farming practice to yeah. do it. Some and, breeds of sheep have made have said like border lesters have said if you're breeding rams you must have it that's right that's right yeah. and that, that, that's that's good practice yeah. Yeah. so if you if you then have that then that's what you should be doing right across the board yeah <clears throat> but at the moment it's a voluntary step mm-hmm. and others may impose you know some degree of uh, compulsory nature to it 
Yeah. And and good luck to them. I hope that's good good to, good to know they're doing that. Yes. Yeah. 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 And once you've you know if you've been like like for example with your stud this would be probably you've been probably having have had accreditation for decades on, in, on yes. your farm yes. do, do is it is it the same do you get a special number or do you get a special tag or a logo or anything that you can display uh, no i think with electronic tags of course you can have it on the tag yeah. records uh, but no, normally the tag wouldn't carry any evidence of ovine brucellosis yeah. accreditation. Yeah. Uh, you get a number, <clears throat> so I've, we have a number, um, and that number then is is held in a central database. Yeah. Uh, the the department of, uh, issues a certificate, so you are given a you know a certificate of currency. Yeah. Um, the Victorian Department um, has various regions of Victoria, so they have different people around the mm-hmm. state uh, managing the, the brucellosis accreditation process but ultimately we all end up with a number and a yeah. certificate yeah. and when once you've got that that's what you can show to other people uh, as to what you've got uh, yeah. we, we've had examples i think when i've been working in, with um, sheep shows where people give you an accreditation number but you don't ever see the certificate mm. I'm, I'm not saying they haven't got it haven't haven't got accreditation pure and simple yeah. but we don't we we were not seeing certificates and mm. now most sheep show people will say send us a certificate yes. to show We've got currency of ovine brucellosis yes. accreditation. And just explain that then. What? Why is it when we're at shows <coughs> or at um, you know field days or where we're exhibiting our sheep? Why is that such an important thing for well, us be, to have? Well, because there is a theoretical issue of transmission at the show. Mm. So if you take rams to the show and you've got rams in other pens nearby yeah. uh, or rams out on the uh, <clears throat> on the judging arena, mm. uh, then in theory, in theory at least, not so much in practice, but in theory at least, it can yeah. transmit from ram to ram at the show. Yeah. Uh, or ram to you to ram. I mean, who knows? But when, when I've been to shows and you've been to shows, I'm sure you'd say, well, it just doesn't happen. You know, the rams don't don't jump over the fences rams don't mate on the uh, on the show ring yeah um but but in theory in theory a ram that's infected could infect others so the logical thing again best practice is to say we'll have accredited rams on the property on the on the you know at the show and just eliminate any eliminate any risk any any possibility of trouble yeah so it makes a lot of sense yeah and and these days with OJD with the onus disease um, issues. <clears throat> often, the, often the, the, your your sheep and my sheep are separated by a pen. You know, there's a separate, you know, separate penning. But yeah. you go to some shows and all the sheep are in together, not not together in the one pen, yeah. but they're all side by side. You know, neighbouring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you have accreditation as, as a requirement for ovine brucellosis, you simply reduce or eliminate the risk. Yeah. So it makes it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But but either way. The the only way that it would actually spread at a show would be through that through homosexuality. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, the only way is possible. Yeah. Not not but not. It wouldn't wouldn't pass. If I was handling sheep, your sheep, and then I went to someone else's sheep yeah. and moved off, I wouldn't transmit ovine brucellosis that yeah. way. No, no. Yeah. Is there a um, is there a, a, a test that they do with the with with a with the feces at all for ovine brucellosis any no, fecal sampling no 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 no, no, no. The, the only the only test is the cft the, the immune yeah. test the test for the labs that's done on the on the blood sample um that's the only one that's the only one we don't yeah. sample semen we don't yeah. uh, we don't sample feces um there might be palpation if you go remember at the melbourne show some years yes. ago when they did the testing they went around they did a, a, a scrotal test on the on on the sheep yeah. That was as much to test on size and firmness as it was for uh, brucellosis. Yeah. But you could go around and do all the rams that way. But if they come accredited, that's already taken care of. Yeah, indeed. Right? And there's no yeah. other testing done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But some other, is it Yoni's that does the fecal sampling? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yoni's, Yoni's, well, Yoni's is a much harder thing to control. Yeah. Yoni's is a much more insidious thing in some ways. Uh, yonis that the bacteria of yonis lives in lives on the ground in mm. you know in in, in swamps mm. uh, yonis can pass from sheep to sheep through the uh, through the environment through yeah. the through the paddock you know mm. through the paddocks through um through yards 
you know, place even even it shows on the uh, yeah. on on the straw in the in the pens, <coughs> and the and the way you test begonias is is by records, of course. Mm-hmm. It's by sheep losing condition when they're a bit older. Yeah. It's by um, post mortem or you know abattoir abattoir checking. It's by blood sampling to some degree. It's by fecal testing where they we mm. take take a, a number of samples. You might you put all the samples in one in one bottle, send it off to the lab. Mm. And it, it grows the bug. Yeah. It grows. It grows the the yoni's bacterium at the lab. Mm. It takes weeks to do it, mm. wow. but it, what it's doing is showing that something grew from the from the from the droppings from the pellets. Yes, and therefore they were infected. Present, therefore, yeah. the animals infected. And if yeah. you do the fecal one, you sample maybe hundred sheep or more than that, mm. and you pull the samples together. Mm. You're not looking for one animal. You're looking for evidence in the in the flock or in the mob. Yeah. Of, of yonis by by checking the fecal sample on mass mm. a bulk a bulk sample in one hit to see what grows mm. okay. a different story altogether yes indeed yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah and and it's yeah it's it's generally older sheep that would show the signs of it they lose weight well because yeah. what 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 the yonis bacterium does is it line it gets into the into the cells of the intestines. Intestine. And the animal can't absorb the food properly. Like Crohn's so disease. Very much like humans, Crohn's. Yeah. Very much like Crohn's. Yeah. It's so similar to Crohn's that some people thought at one stage that maybe the ovine yoni's bacterium was. caused caused Crohn's disease. Oh wow. But that's not the case. No. That's not the case. But the same, the same pathology, if you like. Yeah. And that's what made people say, wow, the same pathology in sheep and yeah. Crohn's disease in humans must be some link. But when they when they went searching for that, they couldn't find the links at all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so back to your ironies. Yeah, causes causes malabsorption. Yeah, food doesn't get absorbed into the body properly. <clears throat> the animal loses weight. Much more evident in, old, in older animals where this has mm-hmm. been going on and on and on for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah. So if you have um, uh, yonies on the property, it's the older sheep that are affected, not the youngsters. Yeah, yeah, right. So just going back to the blood test then, um, you mentioned that the blood is taken out of the jugular vein. So is is that, um, like I know, for example, with other other blood testing, you know, that um, genetic testing, you can just nick the ear and a tiny little, you know, and you can do it yourself. But this sort of taking the blood out of the jugular, that's, you need a vet, don't you, to do that? I mean, that's not something we should be doing ourselves. No, no. Well, I've, I've done lots of them over the years and um, you, you, need, you need to do it fairly regularly to be, um, to be able to do it quickly and easily yeah. <clears throat> nothing more frustrating than taking hours to get blood samples um you, the reason you take a blood sample from the jugular is you need a certain volume of blood yeah the the cft test that i've mentioned before to you requires enough blood not a drop yeah it needs a mill maybe you need a mill of blood or whatever yeah. it is not, not not of blood a mill of serum mill of serum okay so you need you, you need three or four mils of blood, blood. Yeah. <clears throat> and um you can't do that from an ear prick, you know, an ear an ear test. There's yeah. too little, too little uh, blood there. And then the test re- re- uh, requires a lab, uh, the lab to have the right equipment set up. So yeah. you can't you can't do a, a sort of a yard test for yeah. brucella ovis for brucellosis because a you need blood of a right volume. <clears throat> Secondly, b you need the right test, yeah. and that that correct test is CFT requires a lab to have all the ingredients mm. uh, mixed together and incubated together and so on that doesn't lend itself to a, to a, a test in the yards mm-hmm. unfortunately mm. I, I suppose if there was a, an absolute ripping need to have a, a a test in the yards one could be developed but there hasn't yeah. been the requ- there hasn't been the pressure hasn't been the uh, requirement for that test to be yeah. modified and made quicker because a blood sample to the lab provides a, a very efficient way of doing it at the moment. Yeah. And to start that process, do you, so you go you go to your whatever the Department of Agriculture is in your state and talk to, the, there will be someone who sort of manages the, this program yes. and, and they will <clears> tell yes. you what yes. to do and how to do yes. it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you, what you would do, you get onto the department. Um, you get on the one at Bendigo or in, yeah. in Gippsland or in northeastern Victoria or wherever it is, and, and there'll be someone there uh, on the staff mm-hmm. who will say, "Righto, this is what you do. Here's the here's the approach." Yeah. Um, they they'd spell out all the steps in the process, the 
so the total the total picture would be to inspect that someone comes out inspects the fences yes looks at looks at the primitive fences looks at the all the, the husbandry type type processes where the rams are, are kept together yeah. you know all those types of things yeah. and then they spell out the accreditation sequence how the how you become in the first instance accredited mm-hmm. and then secondly how you maintain accreditation so mm-hmm. to gain accreditation the first place requires extensive testing repeated uh, about about twice or repeated once rather two tests uh, apart by 60 days by two months mm-hmm. and palpation and check of fences so the first one would, would lead through and say okay fences okay palpation okay yeah. blood test okay do it again yeah <laughs> two, two months later yeah. fence okay palpation okay blood test okay yeah and once accreditation is granted then you've got to test every every year or two after that and maybe it can be extended out a bit longer after that if if, if need be but normally it's every year mm-hmm. and every every uh, time the testing is uh, scheduled <clears throat> that only requires in victoria at least that the rams being used or the rams that might be used to be tested plus a sample of the others there are state by state differences in how that's done but yes. essentially what you're doing in in accreditation for reaccreditation is you test the rams you've been using Mm-hmm. You may test a few extras, you know, some uh, animals that we might call sentinel animals that are out in the ram ram mob. Yeah. In some states, they give you a percentage of the rams that should be tested. Yeah. And then you you, you do the test again. It's a blood test primarily, but yeah. also you know look at the fences and palpation. And then you go and if it's free, then you get another year of accreditation. And once you've done that a few times, they may extend out that to every couple of years. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not it's not that onerous, quite frankly. It's right. it's only yeah. a single blood test of the rams once a year, so it's not yeah. not too bad. Yeah, I think my one says that all rams on my property over six months must be tested. What they normally say is that all rams must be identified. <clears throat> yeah. So that's the starting point. So the air tags. Uh, secondly, that you test um, all the ones you've used or plan mm-hmm. to use. Uh, you test a sample of the others. And what they what they do say in some publications that I've read is that you should test all the rams not by a blood test but by palpation, yeah. right? Yeah. But you don't blood test a whole lot. Okay. Um, at, at, at the very worst, you go and palpate all the rams when they come in, mm-hmm. and then you take a blood sample from the ones you need to test for the blood sample. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess if you if you wanted to potentially be, um, I suppose thinking of accreditation as potentially you know, a standard, but if you wanted to have a higher standard, you you could get all rams tested. Yeah, you, you could, you could, you could, you could. I mean, if you had a small ram number, yeah. why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah. You know, if you've got 25 rams, do, 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 do yeah. a whole lot. No, no, no big deal. Yeah. Uh, you may you may not, well, you don't need to do the young young ram lambs. Okay. So On, the, yeah. The, yeah. You know, there'll be, and, and again, look at the guidelines, depends yeah. which state you're in, but the, the guidelines yeah. are very clear about the age of the rams or ram lambs. Yeah. Yeah. But if you've got a small ram uh, flock or mob, um, then that's fine. Just do, do the whole lot. There's no no drama in doing that. But some places have got, you know, 40, 50, 60 rams. On yeah. And, and you don't need to do the whole lot. You need to do yeah. the ones that matter. Yes. Because in large part, you're looking for, you're looking for, you're almost looking for a, um, a canary down the mine shaft, looking mm. for a, looking for a marker. You want to do enough of them to get any signal, yeah. any signal whatsoever that there's trouble. Yeah. And and the more you test, the more the more certain you are of getting yeah. a, a true response. But you can do a smaller number and still get the canary in the coal mine response yeah. if you test the ones that are out there in you know busy uh, mating with the ewes, active yeah. rams. Yeah. 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 And and if if you look at a sample of those or all of those that, are, that you've got working, that should give you enough readout mm. to give you an answer as, as to whether you've got trouble, trouble there or not. Yeah. Yeah. And then you might might go down further. And, uh, you know, the cost is a cost for a vet call out. And then I think there's a cost <clears> for the lab as well. The lab, the lab test results probably, well, it depends on the number you put in, but you might pay $50 for the testing, maybe a bit yeah. more. You know, it's yeah. not. It's not. It's not prohibitive. Yeah, and then there is a. I think in, there is a, a department of ag charge Cost, as well. That's yeah. right. It's charge. Yeah, and the vet. The vet charge will be the vet, the call out fee for a vet. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> experienced vets will bleed them 
uh, leave the Rams quickly and do the palpation mm-hmm. quickly. Uh, it shouldn't be an overly costly exercise, really. Yeah. And the vet can come round when the vet's doing a call out for that doing, area. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> it's not an emergency call out. Get them to schedule a call when they're coming past. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, and do the bleeding then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and look, the, the issue that I strike with with um, the Rams and bleeding Rams is sometimes you 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 go to do it and they got some out with the U's at the time, <clears throat> some they're in the all. Ram. They're not all together, you know. Yeah. So you've got to be able to have yeah. you know be be um, planted some weeks weeks in advance right. to make sure that you get the yeah. right sample of of the sheep right. you need. And you don't and find it somewhere it, out in the paddock. Exactly. And it's, I think the other thing is um, it's better to g- get, I think you've got a little grace period with, well, I know in Victoria, grace period between when your current accreditation finishes and when you need to get it re- redone. But, of course, it's going it's like a passport. That's <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you don't want to have to start again. No, no, there is, there is leeway. There is leeway. I mean, they yeah. give you a bit of a bit of a, uh, a time, <clears throat> you know, a time period yeah. to to get your act together. Largely because uh, a lot of us have have a, a program that may not fit it fit easily into a vet's timetable. Yeah. Right. So I think what happens is you just need to be uh, um, aware that you don't want to be running it too late. Yeah. And, and and the trouble arises, Jill, is when you have an accreditation certificate to go to a show. If you haven't done the accreditation for that year, you have no certificate. No. Right? No. So you, you, it'll say on the certificate valid until the 31st of October or something. Yeah. And if you have that and the show's in November or December and you haven't brought it up to date, you yeah. can't go to the okay. show and you can't yeah. sell the sheep. You know, a lot of places won't let you sell the sheep. Yeah. So so it's not as though it's trouble-free. If you, if you don't do it on time, you mm. cannot do shows. You cannot sell rams yeah. because you haven't got a valid certificate. Mm-hmm. And that's what I said before right at the start, that whenever you're buying rams, it's important to see a valid certificate yeah. because that's the only evidence you've got that this uh, program for these sheep is up to date. Yeah. And, it, look, it might be two years out of date. It might be five years out of date. Yeah. So make sure that if you're buying rams, you see a valid current certificate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I know a lot of... Um, when I've bought rams, they've given me the the vendor declaration and a, a copy of the accreditation, and you you know it's it's such a good thing to 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 do as as a matter of principle. So when you see people selling rams, Colin, and you know that the you know like they might be on Gumtree or Facebook or whatever it might be, and they're just selling rams, and it could be crossbred rams, could be anything, and they're they're not ovine brucellosis tested or they're not coming from accredited stuff well, i mean I, I know some people in the sheep community like are completely appalled and um enraged about that but how, how do you feel well i feel the same way <clears throat> because because a very preventable um, issue very preventable disease yeah is is not being not being taken seriously yeah um, and so the whole idea of the vendor declaration and all those sheep health statements yeah. is to try and say to everybody, there's a certain process you should follow, yeah. not just for brucellosis, but for foot rot and so on, mm. where, whereby you you don't buy trouble, you don't you don't get yourself into trouble. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> if, if you're buying if you're buying a ram off Gumtree and it's you have no papers and nothing to go with it, then you're asking for trouble. Mm. And because it's a voluntary scheme, you can't enforce it. Mm. Um, you've got to say then, well, then you know, buyer beware. If you if you don't yeah. if you don't if you don't don't either know you should be doing it or you, you willingly and knowingly uh, ignore the the warnings, mm. then don't don't be surprised if you strike trouble. Yeah, because the example I gave of the black uh, ram by this neighbour, the, the neighbour uh, purchased and put that into the ram flock, and it caused trouble immediately. Is an example of what can happen just just yeah. overnight, really. Yeah. And one one mistake, and you've got trouble. And you've got trouble yeah. with brucellosis, foot rot, <clears throat> uh, lice, yonis, mm. all those things that are preventable. Good yeah. biosecurity, and you stop mm. all of them mm. in their tracks. What about people who swap rams, or people who bought a ram in a syndicate? Same thing. Same thing. If you um, <clears throat> if you've had a ram on your property, so you bought a ram, and the ram's on your property for a while, and someone else takes a ram later on. You've got to be sure that the biosecurity of each point of of location for that ram mm. is 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 really top notch. Mm. It may have come onto the property um, brucellosis free, 
goes to a second property, a third property, yeah. a fourth property, you've got to be really, really certain that that second and third property is also playing the game properly. Yeah. Right? So there's there's this crucial biosecurity. There would be, I mean, if it was me, <clears throat> I would say before it came onto my property, I want a brucellosis test done. A vet could go yeah. out and take a, a single sample, send it off to the lab, come back with a result within yeah. a couple of weeks, you know, yeah. at the latest, you know, you, three or four days, you get the response back. Um, when you do that, you can be by, be happy as the next recipient of the RAM mm-hmm. that has been tested onto your property. Yeah. Otherwise, you get onto your property, what you should do ideally is quarantine it, mm-hmm. have a blood sample taken, yeah. get the clearance and then turn it turn it out. Yeah. Because you're you're dependent so much on the successive farmers <clears throat> all doing the job mm. perfectly, you know, not not making mistakes, not having uh uh, random rams coming onto the property because yeah. at some stage the ram you've bought as part of the syndicate could well be put in with a ram mob yeah. for some week or two or three or four uh, when they're finished with the use or when they're you know between yeah. between mobs or something like that so uh, yeah got to be careful really really yeah. careful yeah? Yeah, yeah it's all about biosecurity yeah 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 wow um where can people go for more information if they for example wanted to um, find out about their accreditation program or what they could do? Where could they go? I think that, well, on the websites, if you go to the Victorian mm-hmm. Department of Ag or, you know, it's its other name, but the Ag Department's ovine mm-hmm. brucellosis, just, just put in ovine brucellosis Victoria. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a there's a brief, not a not a very expansive uh, summary, but there's a brief overview of what brucellosis is. Yeah. But it gives you, it would give someone uh, contact details. Mm-hmm. And if you speak to one of the regions of Victoria, they can give you the total the total story. Yeah. If you wanted a, a very comprehensive um, set of guidelines to look at, the best ones are from New South Wales. Okay. So if you look up ovine brucellosis New South Wales, they have a much more comprehensive online um, information uh, site yeah. than, than Victoria does. I think there's also quite a good site in South Australia. But if you look at the one from New South Wales, it has a number of um, guidelines and frequently asked questions and things like that. Mm. And much of what they say is valid, as valid in Victoria as it is in New South Wales. In other words, the mm. same information is provided. The mm. only difference is there are some slight differences in the testing program about mm-hmm. age of rams and and they give proportion of rams to be tested if you're doing a you know a whole mob of rams. Mm-hmm. So some differences state by state, but broadly speaking, it's the same approach right across, and New South Wales has by far and away the best example. And they even cover the issue of what if you've got a, an entirely female flock of sheep on your property, mm. right? All you have are ewes, no, no rams on the property at all. And someone says to you, uh, I see you coming to the show. <clears throat> Can I see your ovine brucellosis certificate? Mm-hmm. You'll say, I've only got ewes on my property. Mm. How do you deal with that? Mm. There is no earth. There's no earthly value in bleeding the ewes. You can't get any any accreditation doing that. But what happens on those in those flocks that have just purely ewes on that property? They do. They do still do AI. They still do yes. mating, right? Yeah. So someone will do do AI on the property. Someone might get a ram on the property. Then then goes back to where it came from. Mm-hmm. That AI provider must be accredited, in my view. Right. right, so if you get semen from somewhere, it should be from an AI from an AI place that can accredit it brucellosis free. If you borrow a ram for your use for your property, it must be to follow through the sequence from an accredited brucellosis free property, mm-hmm. because then then you can say as a, a breeder of these ewes with no rams that when the ewe does when the ram does visit, he's been accredited before yes. he came. Yes. Or the AI was from with accredited serum, uh, semen. Yeah. So, so that's also dealt with in the New South Wales guidelines yeah. quite nicely. Great. So yeah. they, they give the most comprehensive, uh, readable uh, amount of information that I've seen mm. around Australia. Because mm. yeah, there's all these little anomalies, isn't it, when you start to sort of yeah, 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 it. yeah, yeah, and things that yeah, yeah but it, but if people ring up, ring up the the, <clears throat> the ring up the district vet or the regional veterinary uh, officer in mm. um, in Victoria in you know Gippsland and and mm. Benalla and 
and Bendigo and Hamilton and so on. Um, if, if if you ring up and talk to those people, they can explain it completely and 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 give and, and give further information in the form of uh, of uh, handouts or or guidelines yeah. and and answer those specific questions because there are, like I said, anomalies or unusual. Mm. Uh, circumstances mm -hmm. and and there are people out there who can answer the questions quite mm -hmm. easily yeah, yeah that's great that's great mm. and if anyone did want to ask you any questions Colin, well um, i've got an I, i've got an email address i just uh, an email address and i people can email me and i can yep. answer as best i can or refer them on to somebody else if required yeah great stuff all right well i'll pop that in the in the show notes of the podcast and also in the article as well Thank you so much, Colin. Really appreciate it. You're most welcome. Thanks. I really enjoyed the chat. Thank you. Show podcast. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode and sign up at www.holstonvalleyfarm.com to receive regular lamb recipes and other sheep snippets via email. And let me know how your sheep journey is going. Contact me via Instagram at Holston Valley Farm or via email jill at holstonvalleyfarm.com.au. And until next time, sheep well. <laughs>